0: Good evening, and welcome to Mad Logic Mysteries. I'm your host, Mad Logic. In this episode, not one, not two, but three. Count them three stories from Linda in Ohio, a good friend of the show, including a vanishing and possibly time traveling building, some very strange happenings while renovating a new home, and a cemetery that seemingly prepared itself for her random visit. Let's get right into it with Linda's first story.
1: My husband Jack and I took a weekend off, left the kids with their grandparents, and we went to Southern Ohio where my family is from. We were having genealogy weekend, and we were driving around trying to find my grandparents' house where my dad had been born. This was in a very small, unincorporated town. We drove up and down through all the hilly backcountry roads, but didn't find the house. However, we loved the old buildings and came across one up on a hill that was just fascinating to look at. It was a big old brick three-story building with trees growing up all around it, and you could tell it was abandoned, but not too badly deteriorated yet. It was the type of building that you just knew had seen so much and had so many stories to tell. We stopped and looked at it from the road not wanting to trespass on the property and talked about the building and wondered what it had been used for etc. Then we drove off trying to find my grandparents house again. While driving we talked about that old building and thought we should have taken a picture of it so we went back to do so. However no no matter how many backroads we took and knew we were in the right spot, we could not find that building anywhere. It was simply gone. We spent the night in the area and drove back home the next day, taking another trip through the area first, still hoping to find that building with no luck. When we got home and picked up our kids, we mentioned the old brick building to my dad who asked us to describe it, which both of us did, and my dad seemed excited. He told us it was the old college, but then he got a strange look on his face and told us we couldn't have seen it. We knew what we had seen. So I asked him why he thought that. He said, because it was torn down 10 years before you were born. As an aside to this story, I looked up this old college and found a picture of it in the county newspaper. It was the same building we had seen on our trip.
0: Now that is very spooky. How can this be explained? Can it be explained? A time slip, overlapping dimensions, or maybe a glitch in the matrix. Now these types of occurrences may not be as rare as we think. Here's a similar story, and oddly enough, it's also in Ohio.
2: In 2005, I worked in a factory, and um, I got to hear a great ghost story, and I wanted to share it with you guys today. Now, the guy who told me this story, his name was Scott Case, and in high school, he uh, went and hung out with uh, one of his friends, spent the night uh, in the New Richmond area, New Richmond, Ohio, and uh, they live right next to a cemetery. So his dad pretty much mowed around the gravestones and things like that. They took care of it. So one night, the uh, guys were out there kind of playing around just outside, and they go up the hill. There's a cemetery it's on a hill, and um, they look out into... The woods and there's a big open field on the other side of those woods and they see a light there. and like wow i wonder what that is and they've never seen it before so they walked across this field and there were some people out there they had a fire going and they're just hey come on over you know so they came over and it's, oh hey how's it going and they hung out with these guys all night they really liked them liked them so much they wanted to come back again the next day so they went home that night and thinking, wow, those people are really cool. I can't believe I didn't know those people were there. Well, morning comes and these guys have slept just about till noon and they go out and they're gonna go and see these guys again. Well, they go out to the spot in the field where they had talked with the people and hung out with them the night before and nothing's there. The house that was there, that all that's left is what's left of a foundation. They later found out that that house had burned to the ground. So whoever they were talking to that night or whatever they saw that night was not really there. And it really freaked them out. Um, you would think being right next to the cemetery, the cemetery would freak them out. But it was actually this house that disappeared and the people that disappeared with it. That's one of the um, just weirdest things I've ever heard because I've heard of... You know, people being in the house, but the house still being there, even though the people are no longer there, but the whole entire house being gone, that's, that's pretty creepy.
0: That clip comes from Shane Reiner on YouTube. Such strange goings on in Ohio. I can tell you this. I was born and raised in Ohio, and I have quite a few stories of the bizarre and unusual Linda's second story is one where a home renovation rouses something from the other side. There are innumerable cases where renovations or remodeling projects scare up some spiritual protests, no pun intended. Let's hear Linda's tale of a supernatural supervisor.
1: We bought an old house in town that was repossessed. It was a mess and had been changed into three apartments. The builder did a horrible job on it. Even I knew that things weren't done right. But we still had our other house and couldn't sell it, so we went ahead with this house and decided to work on it as we could. We ended up renting our other house in the country to help with the payments on both of them. The house in town was faded, peeling, white paint with black trim. It was built In 1871, by a dentist who had his office there, and he lived there with his family as well. It originally had 12 rooms, but when they made apartments in it, they just put walls wherever they felt like it. It ended up with 15 rooms. It was creepy looking and had a neighborhood reputation of being haunted. That didn't bother us, so we set out to redo it. My husband Jack would go to work in the morning, and the kids and I would tear down a wall by the time he got back home. They thought it was a lot of fun, and I had help, so it worked. This house had been rented to a blended family with 12 kids between them. They did not pay their rent and did not pay their bills or clean up anything. When we took possession in 1986, there were pop cans sitting in the house that had frozen and burst, and the pop was all over the ceiling. Did you ever mop a ceiling, especially one that was at least nine feet high? We cleaned out two dumpsters of junk, old food, whatever you can think of, it was in that house. It had one of those huge coal furnaces converted to natural gas and took up most of the furnace room in the basement. It turned out to be a neat house and our favorite one we've lived in to date, but we sold it after 12 years so we could move to the country and have our horses, which we don't regret. It would have been perfect if we could have moved that house out here, but that was not practical, so we had every room done except for the one by the time we moved. Anyway, I was at the big house one evening hanging curtains in the living room Jack had gone back to the other house with the kids and dogs when I felt someone watching me. I turned around but saw no one. Went back to hanging the curtains but still could not kick the feeling that some someone or something was watching me. So I turned back around and said, Whoever you are, I know you're watching me and it doesn't bother me. I'm not afraid of you and as long as you behave, you are welcome to stay here. We are going to fix up this house and make it nice again. So if you want to hang around and see what we do, that's okay. The feeling of being watched went away, and I finished the curtains, then went back to the other house for the night. We had an old motorhome that we drove to the house. Jack was on midnight, so he slept in the motorhome while I cleaned and worked in the house. We used it for the bathroom and to have water until we got heat and water turned back on. Plus, it was a nice place to go and sit down and eat a bite while taking a break. We would pick up the kids from school and then go back to our house for the night and start all over again the next morning. We knew we were not alone in that house. As every time we would remodel some part of it we would have watchers yes there were more than one of them around at the same time we knew there was a man and either a young child or a baby but there were others too there was one place in the basement that made both of us a bit on edge but nothing ever happened when we were there one morning our son told his sister he heard crying during the night she insisted it wasn't her but she heard it and thought it was him crying We just told them it must have been the wind or the old furnace wheezing when it came on or went off. We eventually found out that the owners who lived in the house during the 1950s were the ones who remodeled it and did such a bad job. They are the ones who turned it into three apartments as their daughter moved back in with them and they rented the tiny apartment to a man they knew. The owner eventually died in the house and they had a funeral there also, but neither Jack nor I thought it was the owner who kept watching us. We thought our friends went further back than that, before the 1960s. One day I was working in a room upstairs, and our son came running down the hallway saying, Dad's home. Jack was back on days by then, working till 3 p.m. I looked at my watch, and it was only just a bit past noon. I asked our son why he thought his dad was home, and he said, Because the man told me. In talking more to him, apparently a man dressed in old-fashioned clothes appeared to him in his room and told him that his dad was home. That's the one and only time one had appeared to any of us. I explained that dad had to work till 3pm and that maybe what he saw was a shadow or something from the sun coming in the window, etc. He was adamant that a man man had appeared and told him that dad was home. We took all the apartments out and made the rooms back as much as we could tell where the originals were. We also changed the open stairway back to the way it was originally in a U shape and it turned out beautifully. When we were working on both baths at the same time, we were putting up those hanging lights on a chain over the bath sink in our bath, so I was holding them up to where they went, and Jack had to go into the other half of the room for some tools. I was standing there waiting for him to come back, but he took forever. All of a sudden, I saw a white streak come through the wall into the shower and disappear into the closed chute or the attic wall. Finally, Jack came back with the tools, and I didn't know if I should say something about the white streak or not. We were both very quiet but finally he told me that when he went into the other bath for tools he met a small white thing that went right past him and into the wall. I told him I knew it came right through the wall beside me and went through the shower and disappeared. It looked just like a magician's little white dancing hanky moving just like that but again we were changing the house and it wanted to see what we were doing. When we decided to put that house up for sale I was in the kitchen talking to Jack on the phone during his lunch break and I heard dishes in the cupboards and in the dining room rattling. We were talking about selling the house and the real estate and all of it. I had a 25 foot cord on the wall phone so I decided to walk into the dining room and while no dishes were moving there were certainly a lot of somebodies rattling a lot of them. We had to put four we had put floor to ceiling cabinets with glass doors in the dining room for the good dishes and things i told jack what it was then told him i had to go and he hung up went back in the dining room went back in the dining room and said i know you were upset that we might be selling the old house and moving and i know this is your home but we want to have our horses in the country with us you are all welcome to come to whatever house we move to and stay there if you want the rattling stopped very suddenly and none of us heard or saw anything more ever again I don't know if they stayed with the house, if they left, if the new owners heard or saw anything, but they lived there for another 10 to 12 years. The house is still there in great condition, so I have no idea what happened. Actually, when we moved to our current house, the kids had gone out on their own, and I sort of missed our extra friends for a while. It was really quiet here.
0: Wow. I think you're very lucky that your invitation for your watchers to accompany you and Jack to any future houses didn't backfire horribly. Inviting anything into your home, be they ghosts, vampires, or black eyed kids, is often a recipe for disaster. I'm very glad, as I'm sure you and Jack both are, that misfortune skipped over you both. It does sound like they were fond of you both, as the most physical manifestation, the shaking, only happened as you were discussing selling the house. This is a perfect example of that tried-and-true equation that haunted house plus remodeling equals increased paranormal activity. Of course, the opposite was true of Sarah Winchester, as she constructed the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. In case you've not heard of her, she was the wife of Samuel Winchester, the gun tycoon. They were only married for two years before he passed away. Sarah thought the ghosts of everyone killed with a Winchester rifle haunted her home. She thought the only way she could appease the spirits was to continually build on the home to try to confuse them and prevent them from getting to her. This house is so massive that they're still finding new rooms even as recently as five years ago, even though Sarah herself died a hundred years ago.
3: One of the strangest houses in the world just got a little more mysterious. A team tasked with preserving the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, recently found a room that no one had known about until now. It's an attic space that was apparently boarded up after the home's owner, Sarah Winchester, died in 1922. Inside the room, dubbed Sarah's attic, workers found things like an old pump organ, a Victorian couch, a sewing machine and paintings. The Winchester Mystery House has attracted visitors for decades due to its odd history and layout. Including this recently discovered attic space, the home has 161 rooms, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 47 fireplaces, and 9 kitchens. Winchester hired construction workers to start building it in 1884. Construction didn't stop until her death because she believed she needed to appease the spirits of people killed by the rifles invented by her deceased husband. For Newsbeat Social, I'm Cambry Caldwell.
0: That clip comes from Spooky Gal's Corner on YouTube. What do you listeners think? I feel like I've read articles that sort of hinted to the fact that Sarah Winchester might not have been all there mentally. Personally, I would love to take a tour of the place one day. How about you guys? Would you ever venture into the Winchester Mystery House? Here we are, already ready to Linda's third story. In this story there is a very strange cemetery that seemingly prepared itself for the random visit of Linda and her husband Jack. This is again something from Ohio. Take it away Linda.
1: I need to add an explanation here. In southern Ohio, where my family is from, it's a very rural area and there are many small family cemeteries scattered throughout the county. The people in that area long ago believed that cemeteries should be at the top of a hill with a cedar tree on it, as that was the closest way to get to God in heaven. Most of the small family cemeteries have no records. Some have no gravestones and some were buried in unmarked graves, so it's extremely hard to find your family members in these cemeteries. There were no access roads, and if there ever were, they were more like a path up the side of the hill. No vehicles could make it to the top. Many of the caskets had to be pulled on logs or wagons by horses up the paths to cemeteries for burial. Most are not even maintained anymore. My husband, our kids, and I took a trip several years ago to this area to try and find family history information. We knew the name of the cemetery we wanted to visit to try and find my great-grandfather's grave, but we could not find the cemetery we had to ask a member of the historical society there to help us which she did we had to pull each other up the hill by hanging on to young trees to steady ourselves we made it to the top and after searching the cemetery finally found his grave by uncovering the military stone that was covered in tall grass weeds vines etc we took a picture of the stone then recovered it as that actually protects the stone from all the elements we also found his father's gravestone not too far away in the same cemetery Those were the only two stones from my family that we were able to find. To give you an idea how unkempt this cemetery has been, my father used to play up on that hill when he was a child and never knew it was a cemetery, let alone that his grandfather and great grandfather were both buried there. After we got back home and I was processing my notes and pictures, I told my husband that something was missing. When we visited that cemetery, I felt like something was calling me back there for a reason unknown to me at that time. It was several years later that we were able to make the trip back to that area again. It was Easter weekend and we had three days off. It had been raining most of the time we were there. In driving around that evening, trying to locate the cemetery from another angle, a woman working in her flowers stopped us and asked if she could help. We told her we were looking for the cemetery and how to get up to it. She told us it was up the hill behind her property and that there was part of an old access path. She said we were welcome to park along her property and walk up to the cemetery, but we needed to watch out for her pet goose, which was a watchdog for her property. The next morning was Easter, and we wanted to get to the cemetery early as we had a long trip home later that day. It was still drizzling, the sky was dark, and the leaves were just starting to come out on the trees. We made it past the goose, found the access path, and had a nice leisurely walk up the hill. As we got almost to the cemetery, we could see a few stones. Suddenly, a sunbeam broke through the clouds and shone on a gravestone like a spotlight. As we got closer, I saw that that sunbeam was shining on my great-grandfather's gravestone, but it looked different somehow than when we were there before. As we walked closer up to his grave, the sunbeam was still shining on the stone, and at the bottom of his stone was a partial gravestone. It had been broken, propped up against his stone. The broken stone was of his wife, and said her name, and wife of, and my great-grandfather's name. But when we looked closer, there was still fresh wet mud on her partial stone. Someone had been up there either the night before or that morning, dug it up, and put it with her husband's. No one knew we were in town or that we were going to that cemetery, except the woman we talked to the evening before, and we never told her our names or who we were looking for in that cemetery. But when we had been there several years before, my great-grandmother's stone was not there. We also had a tile probe with us, and using that, found a buried stone on the other side of my great-grandfather's grave that had the same name on it as my great-grandfather, but different dates. It turned out to be his son, and his stone had fallen and become buried over time. As soon as we found all these stones, that feeling that something still needed to be answered in that cemetery left me, And I've never felt that way again about the cemetery. How did someone know we were coming to that cemetery that morning? How did they know who we were looking for? Do they even know that we found the partial stone as well as the others and that I'm so grateful for their help? These are questions I have but not have yet found the answers. Perhaps I never will.
0: Very interesting details. I had no idea about the belief that cemeteries should be atop hills or mountains and have a cedar tree. Honestly, I would think a redwood tree would get you even closer to God, but I digress. I wonder if Linda has ever had any feelings similar to being called back to the cemetery. Maybe she has some latent psychic sensitivity. I'm also very happy to hear that the watch goose didn't get territorial with you both. They can be very mean.
4: I did at one time live right on a cemetery. Beautiful, gorgeous grounds. And it was what I could afford, an apartment that had a beautiful view on the cemetery. And I wasn't at all concerned. But I will share that sometimes my home felt like a thoroughfare. And we did have more illness, more ruckus, and some spiritual chaos that went through our home at the time. And when I did try to move, I also experienced the energy of that home making it very difficult uh, to move. So I had a lot of problems with the moving, with the securing of a new place. There were a lot of roadblocks in that home. So I was definitely aware of the additional spiritual power, not necessarily negative, but certainly very active spiritual existence at that home and being very open to spirit. It drained me oftentimes a lot of energy that came begging for my energy, for my help. And I had to get out of there. But I loved the view.
0: That clip is from Shauna Allard on YouTube. Do any of you live near cemeteries or funeral homes or anything in that same vein? If so, have you experienced any odd happenings? And if so, what? I've never really had a problem with cemeteries. They actually seem like pretty serene places for the most part, but I do know that some people have a deep-rooted fear of them, maybe from watching too many horror movies. Hard to say. Now let's get down with our next story. Our fourth story comes from LoserGal99 on Reddit, and it's very, Take it away, Riley. Our next story comes from Reddit, from user LoserGal99, a.k.a. Riley. She says, This isn't my story, but my family's story. When my mom was young, her dad was an alcoholic. So when he started showing up at home acting aloof, no one questioned it. They just thought he got back from the bar so they didn't mess with him. He would sit, just acting weird and quiet. Usually, this was happening for a while. That is, until one day, my grandma was gathering firewood, and he happened to be standing in front of her, and she realized he was a foot shorter than my grandpa. I wish I knew the rest of the story, but my mom and uncle don't remember, probably because they were young. My grandma isn't all there for me to ask, and my grandpa died when I was young. I asked my mom again because it had been a while since the last time we had talked about it and it was really bothering me. She said my grandma told them not to say anything to the man and neither did she because it's a weird man identical to her husband in her house that she she didn't know what to do. Shortly afterwards, they found my grandpa's coat shredded in the woods. Another time my grandpa went to the woods to go hunting. He came back acting really aloof with his shirt torn up. He got really defensive and angry when my family asked what happened, even years later, so no one really knows what happened. Come to think about it, maybe that was his clone too. And one more weird but not paranormal thing I can think of is years before he died, my mom and uncle were snooping through his things and found a deed to a house they didn't know about. They didn't question it because they didn't want to get in trouble for going through his things. They asked my grandma, though, and it was apparently the first house they looked at together. To this day, we don't know why he had another house no one, including his wife, knew about. Grandpa used to play poker with this guy. One night, that guy came to play poker with bandages on his hands. My grandma asked what happened to his hands, and he said he cut them while chopping food. She was like, both of them? Well, come to find out, they later saw him on America's Most Wanted. He killed people over his gambling debts the night he played with my grandpa and lost to him too not anything paranormal more like a wtf story the man's name was raymond penn wow that's quite a story from riley there is surprisingly little online regarding raymond penn but it does seem that he stood trial for double homicide Sometimes, probably the majority of the time, humans are the real danger. The mysterious man wouldn't have been a clone, as a genetic clone would be completely identical to the subject cloned. I think a case could be made for a doppelganger, if, for some reason, the doppelganger wasn't completely able to replicate her grandfather's height. And a case like this probably couldn't rule out a shapeshifter either. Doppelganger, if you're unfamiliar, is the German word for a ghostly double of a living person or, more commonly, simply a word for someone looking exactly like someone else, i.e. an imposter or double. It is often said that one who sees their doppelganger will die soon, in some cases because they kill you themselves and take your place. I would be very interested in knowing the time frame of the doppelganger's appearance in her grandfather's death. Traditionally, doppelgangers have strange supernatural origins. A mirror universe, cloning, alien intervention, and magic are all potentially possible sources of a doppelganger. Another possibility that came to mind was a flesh gate. But as far as I know, a flesh gate is just an internet lore supernatural forest critter that seems to try to stalk and lure people by trying to mimic vocal noises similar to other animals or to human speech, and usually does it very poorly. People who believe they've actually seen it often describe it as walking around as if it has constant upper body spasms. Aside from these characteristics, there aren't any details more consistently known about it. Even the fact of whether it stalks humans to prey on them as opposed to just mind-screw them with, really depends on what tale you're reading. The name Fleshgate came from the name Skinwalker, which was an actual traditional folkloric figure, a Navajo evil medicine man who wears the skin of various animals in order to magically gain attributes or powers of those animals, such as enhanced speed or hearing or strength for himself. The term has been very appropriated on the internet though, first for werewolves and then most recently for these critters until somebody decided that probably wasn't a good thing to do, so they came up with the term flesh gate by using synonyms for skin and walk. The notion that you should avoid your doppelganger is pretty widespread. Some consider it a sign that the person seeing their doppelganger is close to death, while others just see it as a very bad omen.
5: if you see your doppelganger run for your life a doppelganger is a person that is an identical duplicate of you down to the way you walk act speak and dress it's a common belief that everyone has a twin somewhere in the world and chances are you've even shared a photo of yourself with your famous twin on social media but what happens if you run into your doppelganger a meet-up with your twin may seem like fun but there are some dark implications to actually seeing your double it's an interaction with your ghostly double which could indicate some terrible things things, or be thought of as a sign of tragedy. There are innumerable myths and legends from the past, as well as even more recent accounts that confirm this. Some have even claimed to have seen identical twins in certain well-known doppelganger sightings just before passing away. But let's say all of this isn't real, and even a doppelganger doesn't directly mean death. They are typically just regarded as a terrible omen. They allegedly make an evil endeavor to give you bad advice purposefully, and instill wrong notions in the victim's head.
0: If so, what did you do? And if not, what would you do? And that, unfortunately, brings us to the end of this episode. Will your story be part of our next episode? You won't know if you don't submit it. The preferred submission method is you recording your story via video or audio recording, and then emailing it to us as an attachment. This method is preferable from a sound quality and time limit standpoint. You can send audio, video, or just plain text. You can also call us at 754-666-2566 and leave your story as a voicemail. Each voicemail is limited to five minutes, so if you run out of time, just call back and continue until you've told your entire story. Our email address is madlogicmysteries at gmail.com. You can also post your story to one of our social media accounts. And please follow us on these platforms. All of these are Mad Logic Mysteries except Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. Those are all Mad Logic Mysteries. Twitter is Mad Logic Mystery, and that one's singular. That's the only difference. You can also leave a message telling your story via Anchor at anchor.fm slash madlogicmysteries slash message By submitting your story, you agree that we can use the content in upcoming episodes. As always, you must be 18 or older to submit. But going back to Patreon for a moment, that is still in the planning stages, and that's where I ask you listeners for help. What would you want to see included in Patreon benefits, support levels, etc.? Please call or email with those suggestions. Mad Logic Mysteries is written and produced by me, Mad Logic. Our background music this evening was provided by co.ag Music. All the audio and video used in this episode was done under the protection of fair use. I appreciate you joining me this evening. And until next time, keep it creepy. Hello. If you stuck around this long, you deserve a little something extra. Please enjoy this bonus story from Omastorm on Reddit. Okay, this feels a little odd for me to add, though I thought it might be worth it. A few years ago, my grandpa had passed away. He wasn't a very big believer in ghosts or anything regarding the paranormal until he was in his older years. Well, I end up inheriting his 86 T-Bird. Here comes the strange part. Lots of history with the car, between myself and my grandpa. Anyway, a few months after he passed away, I'm driving the car to work, listening to music and just processing the fact that he's truly gone. The car is all I have left, or so I thought. I drive towards one of my work sites and out of nowhere i get a blast of the cologne he always wore it was his favorite cologne to use whenever we were going out anywhere i pull up to my work site and park the car i can smell the cologne so strongly in the passenger seat and i'm staring at it like there's no cologne in here but why does it smell like grandpa's it takes me a solid two minutes to figure out that his spirit was in the car with me his spirit had taken a ride with me to work that entire day. The cologne scent didn't dissipate one bit. It was honestly reassuring to me that he was still there in a way. So yeah, interesting encounter for me because of the fact that when he was alive, not a strong believer in the afterlife, well, he proved himself wrong (laughs) because he still hangs around me when something's wrong. On Wednesday, August 25th, we conducted a live ghost hunt and attempted to open a wax-sealed Dybbuk vessel. As we were deciding whether or not to open the supposedly haunted bottle, we uncovered the answer to a question that has plagued paranormal investigators for generations. Do ghosts fart? Listen closely as you will hear audible proof of afterlife flatulence without prejudice.
2: Yeah, easy for you to say. Hold the deeds. What was that?
0: It sounded like someone farted in the spirit box.
1: Did you hear that? It was that
0: Did somebody fart or bark? What are the two? As you can clearly hear, there is the undeniable sound of colonic gas emanating from the spirit box. And although there was no offending odor, there was no denying what we had just heard. One of life's greatest joys is finally finding answers to the questions that have plagued us for years. Now that the mystery of farting ghosts has been solved, we can only wonder if someone beyond the realms of death is still playing the pull-my-finger joke. That clip comes from Paranormal Family on YouTube. I'll leave you to ponder one of mankind's oldest mysteries. Do ghosts fart? Sure, they passed away, but are they also passing gas? They can blame a barking spider or claim someone stepped on a duck, but we do know that they who denied it supplied it. Until next time. And be sure to submit your story to us... inclusion in a future episode. The preferred method of submission is recording your story via video or audio recording on your phone and then emailing it to us as an attachment. This method is preferable from a sound quality and time limit standpoint. You can send audio, video, or just plain text. You can also call us at 754-666-2566 and leave your story as a voicemail. Each voicemail is limited to five minutes, so if you run out of time, just call back and continue until you've told your entire story. Our email address is madlogicmysteries at gmail.com. By submitting your story, you agree that we can use the content in upcoming episodes. As always, you must be 18 or older to submit. You can also post your story to one of our social media accounts, and please also follow us on these platforms. Reddit, Mad Logic Mysteries, YouTube, Mad Logic Mysteries. Facebook, Mad Logic Mysteries, Instagram, Mad Logic Mysteries, <laughs> Patreon, Mad Logic Mysteries, and Twitter is the only one that differs. It is Mad Logic Mystery, singular. Thank you very much, and uh, our next episode is going to have some war stories from a guy named Brad. So if you have any military type stories or anything like that, law enforcement, please submit those immediately, and we'll look at those and possibly include others in the next episode. Thanks very much, and you guys have a good evening. Keep it creepy.